1: He's explaining to them why he didn't go. He said, Therefore, when I was planning this, did I do it lightly? Or the things I planned, do I plan according to the flesh? Ask yourself. Paul says, He's telling them, Do you think I make up my plans lightly? Do you think I make up my plans according to the flesh? He's sharing with them as an apostle. He doesn't just get our his 2024 calendar and says, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, and do that. And then I think I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, and then I'll go here and I'll go there. No, with Paul, it was like prayed through. When, When, Lord, when do you want me to go here? And when, Lord, do you want me to go there? And that's a good reminder for all of us in 2024. Pray through your schedule. Pray through your calendar. Be open to God's will before your will. You know, there are things popping up. I have, uh, you know, um, some opportunities that I'm praying through. I got asked to go to the Republic of Georgia. And I thought that was our state. <laughs> it's in Europe, right? It's, it's, it's near Iran. And we're going to fly in pastors from Iran, and I'm asked to speak at a pastors' conference, speaking to Iranian pastors, uh, and so think about the honor and the privilege that is. But it was like I'm an, I'm praying through that. I can't just say, "Oh yes, awesome." No, it's like I'm praying through that. Um, you know, so we got to pray through our schedules. Right? You know, with Christmas, we you ever over book yourself or over commit? It's like, oh, never again. Maybe we should have prayed before exactly don't do it lightly don't do it fleshly just lord what do you who do you want me to see when do you want me to see all that stuff pray through it and that's what he's saying to them i didn't i didn't just do this he goes or the things i plan do i plan according to the flesh that with me there should be yes yes no no that like he would say yes i'm going no never mind mind. yes i'm going no like he's not there's no, no duplicity there's no uh, he's not being flaky. He's saying to them, I'm not flaky. I'm not, yes, yes, of course I'm going. No, no, the next day I'm not actually. Oh, yes, yes, I'm going. No, actually I'm not. There's no flakiness to him is what he's saying. And um, he says in verse uh, uh, 18, but as God is faithful, now he points their direction at God to teach them that he's trying to be like God. And as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no, for the son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Sylvanas and Timothy, was not yes and no, it wasn't double tongue, but in him was yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. And so he's saying, just as the promises of God are solid, it's a solid foundation. You can trust every promise that God has for you in the Bible. The promise to strengthen you, the promise to give you peace, the promise to uh, go before you, the promise to shepherd you, the promise to give you life and that much more abundant, the promise to empower you by his Holy Spirit, the 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 the, the power to keep you into the day of Christ Jesus, the power to give you wisdom and understanding when you lack it, the power to hear your prayer, every promise. Is legit, and you can, you can bet your life on it. You can bet your soul on it. You can trust it. And Paul is saying, see how our God is? Why would I want to be any different and lie to you guys? And Ephesians says we need to put away lying. Throughout Scripture, it says we're not to lie to one another. We're to use God as the example who says, who says uh, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. We're not to lie to each other. We're not to manipulate each other. We are to deal with each other in truth because Satan is the father of lies. And so if you have a propensity of lying, and you must repent, you know. And so it's, it's important that we speak truth to each other because that's who God is, that's, and we represent him. And um, that is what Paul is saying here, that uh, there's no duplicity with him you can trust them and the Bible tells us to let our yes be yes and our no be no God commands us to be people of integrity that we don't lie to each other manipulate each other but our yes is yes and our no is no and and this is a struggle in the home especially with children with our children our grandchildren when we say no do we mean no Teach them that no is no. Don't let them get over on you or you won't be raising them in the ways of the Lord. No means no and yes means yes. And they don't let them play mommy, daddy with you. I'm looking at you couples. Dad said no, mommy says yes. Mommy says no, daddy says none of that. Stick to your yeses and your nos. Be men and women of integrity. Keep your word. Keep your promises. If you make a a promise hastily, as the proverb says, go to your brother, humble yourself and say, oh my bad, I know I said that, I made a mistake. And of course there's grace and there's forgiveness. But generally we, we keep our word. Amen? Now, he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. I'm going to say that again. Now, he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. He who has established, he who establishes us with you. And the apostle Paul is saying, you know, Timothy, Silvanus, Titus, God who established them with the Corinthians and has anointed them. It is God. God brought that marriage between apostle and the church that he planted together in one heart, in one mind. And he says, you know who did that? You know who established that? It's God. It is the most freeing thing for us to understand that the relationships in our lives that are of God, that are sweet and good and holy and righteous, that those relationships have been established by God. You know, when King David was running from Saul, God had anointed him to be king, but it took 13 years before he would get on the throne as king, and he's running all over the place from Saul. And he was in that cave in Judah, Adullam. And it was back in Judea, this cave. And prior to the cave, he was uh, acting like a madman in the area of the, the Philistines in Gath, in front of the King Achish. And the Philistines were like, what's this guy doing? Because he was afraid of Saul. He went there to hide. And when they recognized him, he starts acting like, oh. Something like that. Spit. Mm-mm. And the king's like, psh. They're like, hey, isn't that David? They said that. So, they would sing that song of him that Saul has killed his thousands and David is tens of thousands. And the king goes, psh. I have enough crazy people here. Send them out of here. And and But David acted crazy because his, his, he had lost faith. He had lost hope. And when he gets to the cave of Adulam in Judea, Back in his home territory, when his family heard he was back, we read that all of these men who were distressed and in debt and despondent because Saul was a terrible king to them, that they they went to David as David was now praising God and writing psalms in the cave to God. God brought 400 mighty men to support him. And David would write, in various places, you subdue the peoples under me. I know who establishes my relationship with this army, with your people. It's you, God. And the good relationships that we have and the love we have in our church, we know where that's from. We know who establishes us together. We get people from all walks of life in our church, man. We are a motley crew. We are, we have, you know, various cultures and various traditions and various feelings and all that. We all come together in one beautiful body of Christ where there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither free nor slave, neither woman nor male, but we're one in Christ. He who establishes us is the Lord. And the Lord is the one that establishes our family if our home is built on the rock, if our foundation is Christ. Amen? Which we sang about, I think, right? Firm foundation. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. And it's true. Every believer gets anointed by the Spirit of God. Jesus said that my, you know, he who believes in me, uh, my father and I will come and into him and dwell in him. Dwell in him. He said that the Holy Spirit is with you and will be in you. Every believer, when they come to Christ, receives the Holy Spirit. Verse 22 says, Who has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. And that word, as a guarantee, means as a down payment that we are going to heaven with the Lord, he has given the Holy Spirit as a down payment, man. Down payment, guaranteed, we will see the Lord. If indeed we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, which the evidence should be clear, you will know them by their fruits. Many people claim to know Jesus. They know all about Jesus, but they don't know him personally. John the Beloved would write in 1 John chapter 3. Turn there with me. Wake up your fingers. If you don't use them, you will lose them. 1 John chapter 3. Give me an amen. It's in the back. 1 John chapter 3 verse 9. Or verse 7. 1 John chapter 3 verse 7. 1 John chapter 3 verse 7 Little children let no one deceive you he who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous so the fruit of being saved is one practices righteousness he who sins is of the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning for this person, the son, for this purpose the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to save us to destroy the works of the devil, to destroy sin. So how can believers practice sin any longer? We all mess up and we we sin. But we don't practice sin. That's an oxymoron. That is that is impossible. Whoever has been born of God, verse 9, does not sin for his seed. That's God's seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been what? Born of God. Amen? Amen? That The Holy Spirit has been given to us as a guarantee. And it's by his Holy Spirit that we can live pure lives. Not your strength, not my strength. It's by his Spirit. And every day, if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we choose to wake up in the morning and seek Jesus first in prayer and read the Word and and, uh, listen to worship and just throughout our day, we will do what is right. The Holy Spirit will just guide us and bless us. Verse 23, Moreover, I call God as witness against my soul that to spare you, I came no more to Corinth. Here he is. He's giving them the reason. As God is my witness, he says, against my soul, this is why I did not come to Corinth. It was to spare you. Forgive me, Father. I love this much. I love this verse. I shouldn't say forgive me. I love it. Jesus said, because of the lack of justice in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. Nothing irks me. Nothing quenches, I believe, the Holy Spirit like seeing the anarchy and the lawlessness in our country, how how crimes, true crimes, are not being judged accordingly. They are letting criminals out of jail. They're, they're claiming racism for everything. It's like, man, it's like, you know, the problem is the fatherlessness from the 60s. It, it just, it hit the minorities hard. It just did. I think the Catholic churches in our neighborhoods weren't teaching the word like they should. Teaching people how to live right in their families. And so our neighborhoods in the minority neighborhoods and the Chicano neighborhoods were messed up. None of my homeboys had, had dads. Maybe like two out of a hundred. You know what I mean? That's the problem. And so here am I. Here, here, here I am, and I see all of these like guys getting out, and I see all of these guys not um, getting busted today, just doing crime. It's terrible. It irks me. It breaks my heart. It's like, man, I want to be able to go to downtown LA and not worry about it. You know what I mean? I love I'm gonna I love downtown LA. I want to go to La Placita. You got to go locked and loaded and ready to roll because. <laughs> It's crazy. Homeless everywhere. It's like crazy. So we live at a time where we see and feel the frustration of things not being handled. That need to be handled. The Apostle Paul, this blesses me because he's saying, here's the reason why I didn't go when I said I was going to go. To spare you. Paul was hot. Paul was upset. He had righteous indignation. He saw that there was sexual immorality in the church and they weren't dealing with it. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 5. Look at this. Look at what he says. 1 Corinthians 5. He says, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. And such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles. He's basically saying that even non-believers aren't that scandalous. Right? Wow. Even non-believers aren't that dirty. That a man has his father's wife and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned like, they think they're spiritual. They ain't spiritual because they didn't handle it. It shows the opposite. And have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I indeed, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present. Him who has done this deed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Incredible. Paul's like, I don't even have to be there to deal with this. My spirit's there with you in the name of the Lord, in his strength. Kick that dude out. Don't let that dude be in the church who's sleeping with his stepmother. When Paul says, I didn't go to Corinth to spare you, I I take that from God himself. The apostle Paul had authority and the apostle Paul is reminding the church of their authority. Don't even put up with that, because a church that doesn't, a church that puts up with open immorality, is a church that God cannot use. It is a, it has become a weak church. I mean, if you think about all the priests that have raped kids, and if they were brought to the altar before those Catholic churches and said. And they confessed in front of everybody. How many people within the Catholic Church would be thoroughly blessed that there's acknowledgement for their pain and their suffering, at the hands of these monsters? God is a God of order. He says in First Timothy chapter five that even elders in the church that are caught sinning are to be brought before the church. So that everyone could fear and learn and confess. I remember my pastor's down. My, my pastor is. He reminds me of the Duke. You know who I'm talking about? John Wayne. John Wayne. And he just does. I remember going into church one day, there was an old man that I knew from church. He was just weeping and he was confessing to the church his sins. I go, man, that's so awesome that my pastor would honor God's word to the T like that. Because this man was an elder. Awesome. And that guy was restored and he did wonderful and would eventually get married. You know what some people in most, probably most churches would say. Oh, but the devil made him do it, or, or, you know. Oh, his childhood wasn't good. Humanism has crept into the church. Can can sinners go to heaven and tell God, I was gonna follow you, but because I had a bad childhood. I didn't. I couldn't. Because so my dad was bad. My mom was bad. So that made me bad. So I didn't follow you. And God's going to be like, oh, you know what? Never thought of that. You had a bad childhood. You were abused. Come on in. But here on earth, that's humanism. That's psychology that has come in to the church. One of the greatest books on Christian counseling is by Bob Hoekstra. And he, and he, and he mocks these cliches that are secular humanism and, 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 uh, just how the world looks at things. You know, our, our pro, you know, uh, and one of the cliches was the Bible's good and God's good, the Holy Spirit's good, but our problem is, is more complex, too complex for the Bible. And that's just a cliche. Now, a, a week, a weak church or a weak pastor or weak Christians would say, that makes sense. Oprah says something like that too. (laughs) But Jesus came, and Paul came not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. And they kept it simple. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So, they were spared. I don't know how long. But in that time that Paul did not get there, they got right. They checked that person. They did what had to be done. And and so Paul was blessed by that. All of us in this room, we are each other's accountability here at church. And that's why a lot of people don't like church very much. Because when someone can say, oh, I haven't seen you in a while, you know, yeah, we notice. How do you notice among so many people? It's the Holy Spirit, man. I don't know. How do the cherubim fly with six wings and cover their face and do handstands and praise the Lord all at once? I don't know. In Christ, we can multitask. What can I say? I don't remember 10 people's names and then all of a sudden I remember that person. I don't know. It's just it's just, it is what it is. But we're all each other's accountability. And I think that in our in our homes, well, first of all, there's churches that don't don't handle business, right? You agree? Right? There's pastors, they ain't gonna touch us with a 10 foot pole. They're gonna ignore sexual immorality. They'll ignore it because they're hirelings. You know what a hireling does? He doesn't lay down his life for the sheep. Because this is about my job. This is about my uh, provisions. Now, I'm not going to mess with that. Let's keep everybody happy and quiet. And Let's not deal with the elephant in the room. And that's not the heart of God. That's not the heart of Paul.
0: Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 830 a.m., and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweetheels.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We-